2023 has arrived, and this is TopHeavyweights.com, the podcast. I'm your host, Sean Rosen, and I'm here with the casual fan, Ryan Price. We've been gone for about a month, so things have happened and things are about to happen. So we thought it was a good time to come back and say hi to everybody, and we hope everyone had a great holiday season, and um, good tidings are on the way for the future, even though there are clouds out there which we all see. But anyhow, let's keep the smile going. <laughs> Ryan, how are you today? I'm well. How are you, Sean? I'm not bad at all. It's uh, a good time to be a heavyweight fan. Not, but the potential, as we the always potential. talk about. I think 2023 <laughs> is going to tell us something. I think it's going to be... So, yeah. I think we're going to find out in 2023 whether the the things that have made the heavyweight division lumber over the last few years are in fact acute in terms mm-hmm. of the time we are in or if in fact there is a a surge about to happen would yeah. you agree with that ryan you've been looking at it pretty closely now yeah. for a little yeah. while you're still a casual fan still but... a casual fan for sure um but you know enough enough to know that over the last like it's not terrible to see the back of 2022 as far as the boxing went um yeah. You know, there was a few good fights, but it was uh, more frustrating than anything else. So you're kind of hoping that this year something shifts. Yeah. I mean, it was like that across the entire uh, boxing world. I think mm-hmm. it's generally acknowledged that it was not the greatest year for boxing. But let's get to some of the stuff that's going on. Let's just start the ball rolling and uh, let's talk about what's at the top of most people's minds, which is Tyson Fury, Oleksandr Usyk. Um, apparently, Frank Warren has the paperwork on the way. The IBF has stepped back from demanding that their mandatory challenger, Philip Hergovic, get the next shot at the title. They've acknowledged the WBA's uh, rotation in the um, in the unified structure, and they just asked that their uh, title be defended. No more, now again, I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure I'm right, no more than 90 days after the WBA's mandatory is fulfilled. Okay. Yeah. Right. Explain that to me a little bit. So, okay. Okay. So what they're basically saying is that the next mandatory defense of the unified heavyweight championship, which in fact could this become, this, this would be after, after Fury. Okay, Usyk. Okay. They're acknowledging okay. Fury Usyk. And what they're saying is Physical. that, that when the title becomes, well, it'll go from being unified mm-hmm. and lineal WBC and all the rest it will come together under a new title, which is the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Now that title will come with it, mandatory defenses against the four major sanctioning bodies. Right. The next one in line is the WBA. They have not had a, and to be fair to them, they haven't had a mandatory challenger since uh, Alexander Povetkin in 2018. Okay. And so in this case, it would be Hergovic? No, no. Hergovic is the IBF mandatory. Right, right, right. He's the IBF mandatory, and that's what they've just acknowledged. They've just acknowledged that the WBA's mandatory will come first and thereafter. Now, you might say, who is the WBA mandatory? Well, the WBA mandatory uh, is the WBA regular heavyweight champion, which is Daniel Dubois. Daniel Dubois. So whoever holds that WBA regular title will be the number one contender. Frank Warren is indicating that there's a timeline and all of this. Yeah. So what just... are they saying timeline? Like, are they, are they talking early part of the year or? I think March is what they're aiming for, even though March. I can't see it. 
Um, yeah. Frankly, I just think boxing is too fraught with required uh, boxes to be checked all over the place, yeah. especially at this yeah. level. So I'm I'm thinking April or May, if it happens, I don't want to hold my breath. No, I think the no. world goes on and that's, uh, that's really what we're faced with. So all yeah. we can do is really wait, watch yep. and yep. see what happens. Anthony Joshua, we're, we're talking about him and his comeback. Uh, apparently they want three fights in a year. Not many people think that's going to happen. Uh, two would be impressive. Um, here's what we're narrowing it down to. Apparently uh, we're looking at an April 1st date in London. Mm-hmm. And the front runner appears to be Australia's Dempsey McKean, who is probably considered by most to be in the the low 50s in terms of where he is in the heavyweight division. Uh, but he is ranked number 10 by the WBO, thus his uh, selection here. Um, he's beaten Johnny Rice. Uh, that was a late round stoppage, and uh, he deserves a lot of credit for that based on Rice's recent performances. Mm-hmm. Um but since then, he's faced low competition. Uh, there's also rumors that Gerald Washington could be the comeback opponent. Now, that would be even further field yeah. from what might get people excited. Dempsey McKean yeah. is undefeated, and he has shown uh, durability, and he would most certainly give it a go. Ryan? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it's it's interesting watching, as again, like as a casual fan, like, you know, you, when you see these people get into the position um, of the top sort of five, how it's somewhat it seems almost somewhat political that they stay there like you you, you know in my in my fantasy world i would i would right. i would love to see him tested against some of these middle guys where you're just like ah yeah. they look like they're chomping at the bit yeah. i want to see some action i want to see some movement right uh he's had you know he had a he's you know his last couple of fights like he's well he lost he lost you he know lost and you kind of want to see some kind of repercussion for that but that's not the way it works so. well i mean you know Again, I always try to look at it both ways. I mean, when Deontay Wilder lost to uh, Tyson Fury twice mm-hmm. and a draw, so a draw and yeah. two defeats at the yeah. highest level, it yeah. has to be said. Um, I think that the comeback opponent, Robert Hellenius, was a strong comeback opponent. Yeah. Now, he, yeah, uh, Deontay Wilder showed levels in the sense that he, um, you know, won convincingly, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in this case, uh, for, I think, Anthony Joshua, to be fair, I mean, Dempsey McKean did not beat Adam Kovnaki twice. He didn't have the same pedigree. He doesn't have the same pedigree. Yeah. And um, I have to think that uh, it's fair to say that Anthony Joshua's first comeback opponent is not as threatening as um, Deontay Wilder's, uh, despite the outcome. Yeah, despite the outcome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, we don't know impression. yet. But none of this yeah. has been confirmed, so it's all speculation. But uh, there does seem to be some serious discussions going on. This weekend, from Verona, New York, at the Turning Stone Casino, we will see Nigeria's FA Ajagba facing off against St. Louis, Missouri's Stephen Shaw, undefeated. Stephen Shaw is trying to make a move. Steph, uh, FA Ajagba has only got one defeat. And that was against Frank Sanchez. This is a big fight. It's not going to be huge on the radar, but it is huge in terms of the repercussions of what could happen. Uh, we'll talk about the undercard fight in a moment. Uh, Ryan, what do you see here? What do you know? Uh, what's your outside casual fan perspective on this one? Well, ca- uh, I mean, casual fan that's paying attention to what's being said out there and, and, and looking at the last few fights. Um, it's pretty exciting. I mean, it's it's one of those... Like it feels pretty much like a kind of a 50-50 sort of, maybe it's not technically, it's close. but it's a close, like I don't, it's tough to call. Um, a Jagba's 
hits impressively. Not sure that he moves as impressively. Like he didn't look great in the Sanchez fight. Yeah, and um, Sanchez, to be fair to F.A. Jagba, and again, looking at both sides, I agree with what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I think Frank Sanchez would make almost anyone yeah, look fair. um look a bit stationary. He's a moving heavyweight. He's for fast. Sure. For sure. And uh, he's dangerous. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, but Shaw's Jagba, impressive. I mean, it's it's yeah, uh his, sh- you know, another a, like a hard hitter and seems like he's I, I'm not sure if I'm correcting this, but he seems like he's a fairly fast and a, a good boxer, like uh, skill level. Absolutely. So it should be, I think it's going to be a really interesting fight. Yeah, I think it's one of those fights where depending on who is uh, at a certain level, I think it's really about levels here. Um, it's Shaw's ability to take a punch. It's F.A. Jagba's ability to take a punch. It's, yeah. um, I think Shaw is going to throw accurate combinations. Uh, he'll get in close. Um, he's got good reach. He's got good size. F.A. Jagba's got incredible power and, you know, his uh, accuracy shouldn't be discounted and his nope. ability to fight back shouldn't be discounted. He showed in the yeah. Frank Sanchez fight and uh, he had a fight earlier on against Iago Clase where he was dropped and he came back in that one. And he did defeat Ali Aaron Demarejan, who's become a superstar in Turkey based on his recent uh, defeat of Adam Kovnaki. So both yeah. of these guys have a pedigree. Uh, I would say we're looking at a battle here to occupy a spot somewhere in the uh, low twenties in terms mm-hmm. of where he, the winner will be. I think I've had Jagba's somewhere in the high twenties and uh, Stefan Shaw is in the low thirties, but that's based on their, their pedigrees uh, yeah. and where they stand. But, this will definitely determine who is going to approach the top 20 uh, clearly, and it'll have an effect on the rankings for sure. So we'll look forward to that one. Uh, yeah, any definitely. predictions, Ryan? Do, you know, you've looked and what do you casual uh, prediction? If we were sitting there and we were having a beer, what would you say your prediction is? And again, I know you're not in this fight. I yeah. like both fighters. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for both of them to do well. Yeah, no, I am too. Um, and I, yeah, I do. I do like them. I've been, I have been sort of paying some attention to FA Jagba in the past and, uh, um, but I, I, I'm going to call it, I'm going to say Shaw. I'm, yeah. All right. Yeah. I think, well, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have to say Shaw too. I think, I think, uh, based on what I've seen and based on what I believe is going to happen based on where each is coming from, I think this is a heat check for FA Jagba. And I think that he's going to, unfortunately for him, uh, succumb to a TKO, I believe somewhere between rounds six and 10. We'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah, I do think TKO, regardless, I think like they're both, they both are two powerful guys, very, very athletic. Yeah. So Should we'll see on the undercard, uh, undefeated Guido Vianello will be facing off against Johnny Rice, who is coming off against two impressive wins against Michael Polite coffee. Here we go again, a very yeah. close fight. When you look at the odds, um, Ryan, any, uh, any, uh, well, I mean, I, I don't know too much about either of these guys, but I, so right. I've kind of, I'm basing a lot of this just on their last few fights, right. um, of watching highlights and, uh, trying to catch myself up a bit. Um, rice seems mo- like he seems really motivated right now. Like it seems like he's coming on quite strong. Um, I wouldn't say the last fight, uh, by Vinelli is, um, was all that impressive. Um, yeah, I think Vianella's last fight was um, it was the, sort of a, it was an expected result, really. Yeah, and yeah. he was sort of it was clear that he it had the opponent overmatched. For sure, for sure. But he, but at the same time, I just watching myself, my own impression was that he had him overmatched, but that there was still 
there was something slightly awkward about it. I'm not sure if that was just the nature of the fight because of the different styles that they're fighting. I think um, to some extent it would have been. I, I just think Vianello is really at a point where he has got to bring it to another level. Uh, he's got yeah. to find out if he can bring it to another level because the level yeah, he's been yeah. uh, fighting at in terms of what he's and, what, and now if he's using all of his ability, then it will be um, will be shown. Mm-hmm. And if he's got more to show, like uh, he did fight to a draw with Kingsley eBay, and of course Kingsley eBay in a in a tussle was stopped by Jared Anderson. Yeah. So Oh yeah, no, he's definitely he's impressive. I mean, like he's he's a seems like a very again, another high uh, quality boxer. Um yeah. you know, it, it made me think sort of uh I mean, I I think he's Olympian. Like it, it sort of gave me that impression like it didn't wasn't a lot of fire to it, but you just I mean, he's still a very talented he's, strong guy, so it's he's it'll got, be really he, the opportunity is there. He's undefeated. Yeah, He's on top rank. He's signed to top rank. I believe they've brought again Johnny Rice in as a heat check. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where they want to see where Guido is going, going forward. And uh, mm-hmm. he's yeah, got everything definitely. to win. And um, we'll see. It's definitely, yeah. And it's a, it's, it's a tough fight. I mean, that's uh, Rice. Like I say, he seems like he's coming on pretty strong, like pretty strong right now. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how that how that pans right. out. So we'll see. As far as predictions, Ryan, um, I think I'm going to say Vinello. Yeah, um, right. but I don't think by knockout. I think I think uh, it goes to decision. You know what's funny? Uh, I was looking at the odds uh, that are posted, and uh, you know I'm not encouraging anyone to necessarily go out and uh, place bets, but it's always fun to add a little spice to the steak. Um, Guido Vianello is the odds for him to uh, score a decision victory are quite encouraging and inviting. So that's mm-hmm. the one that I'm sort of leaning towards, which is Vianello by decision. I think Johnny Rice will bring it, but I'm not sure that the determination to win will be the same. I think Vianello will be more determined right. to win. Right. That's 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 right. just an opinion, but yeah. that's my perspective yeah. Yeah, looking at it from the outside. So. Since yeah. we were last on the air, a few things have happened as far as action. Not much of it along in terms of the fights themselves. But we did see um, Jared Anderson taking on uh, Jerry Forrest. And Jerry Forrest came out slugging in the first mm-hmm. round. And he showed Jared Anderson, or he could have shown him the lights out. But Jared Anderson took it well. And mm-hmm. he started to turn on the fire. Very much like um, Fabio Wardley did, except uh, nowhere near as damaged. Uh, yeah. He turned on the fire and... Uh, he finished off uh, Jerry Forrest in the second round convincingly. And this is a guy who stood in yeah. there with some of the top guys and has done yeah. even work. Impressions, yeah. Ryan? Uh, well, he definitely looks like he belongs where he's where he's being ranked right now. Like he's uh, he's he's in that sort of middle pack of it's such a strong group in that middle there. Um, yeah, you're talking you about know, the areas that are between Mac- 10 yeah. and 20. And yeah, 10, oh. yeah, between 10 and 20, Makhmadov, uh, John uh what's the guy what's the chinese guy's well, name well Zaili zhang or zhang Zaili, as they like to say in the Zai reverse Li, way yeah. but if you look at right. like the if you look at you know the the area we're talking about we're talking about people like philip hergovic martin yep. bacoli michael yep. hunter odo valin jared anderson as mentioned zhang Zaili, uh arslan beck makmadov ali aaron demarezhin zan yeah. kosobutsky who yeah, no Kosobutsky. one talks about but yeah. he's going to become a factor i'm convinced and and it goes yeah. on and on and on so um yeah um, he looks like he belongs there for sure, um, but it's a it's a it's an incredible group of fighters in that in that stretch. I find like I'm really wanting to see as much fights out of these guys as possible this year. 
hoping again this is what we're going to find out this year do they open up the jets we shall find out um from uh quebec we had arslan back the big russian who is now based in canada uh crushes a very very hesitant michael wallach in the first Mm -hmm. round a couple of knockdowns the referee just stopped it yeah very awkward to watch Uh, Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. Uh, what can we say ryan what can you say say? well yeah you want nothing to say no, you want to see Makhmadov stepping it up. Uh, yeah. They obviously yeah, he, had opponents drop out. They had an undefeated uh, Nigerian yeah. heavyweight who's taken another fight down in Florida coming up. We won't go into that um, yeah. because not a significant bout. But no, I think Makhmadov is at a point where they're going to have to roll the dice yeah, or they're going to have to dig deep into their pockets. That's what it's coming yeah. down to. Yeah, that's so. what it comes down to, I guess. Yeah. Michael Hunter has signed with Igis Klimas, uh, the manager of Oleksandr Usyk. This is interesting. It's just a quick one. Uh, Michael Hunter has been sort of left out in the cold. He uh, he lost his WBA uh, number one ranking, and I think that was due to inactivity, and that's why we were discussing it earlier on. There was hesitation mm-hmm. there. Um, but he signed with uh, Igis uh, Klimas, and what's interesting about this is that normally uh, – People like uh, Klimas and promoters, they only promote and work with fighters from the east of Europe and into Russia and all mm-hmm. that. That's who they work with. Um, he's Ukrainian and Michael Hunter is signed with him. Now, I think uh, it's an unusual occurrence, but Michael Hunter had to make a move and this is the move he's made. I'm going to say, you know, because I realize for you, Ryan, this is kind of off the radar, but for sure. I, I believe that Michael Hunter will, if Alexander Usyk and Tyson Fury get it on for the undisputed heavyweight championship, probably in the Middle East, even though they are talking about London. Mm-hmm. I believe Michael Hunter has guaranteed himself a good opponent and a slot on that undercard. Yeah. That's what I think is going to go down there. So, so that's, yeah, that makes sense. And that's, I think, the only way that, um, and I think uh, Hunter sort of had a falling out uh, with Matchroom Boxing. He was working with them for a while. He was connected to Sky and Boxer. I believe he wanted to be Joseph Parker's comeback opponent. Mm. And um, didn't happen. And uh, yeah. he wanted Daniel Dubois, but Frank Warren's got plans there. And I don't think feeding Dubois to Michael Hunter is part of those no, plans so no probably not but michael hunter is trying to do something let's see what happens yeah. uh there was a big signing this is worth mentioning we won't say too much about it but uh the world youth champion has signed with frank warren and we are talking about moses atuma moses atuma apparently 18 years old just turned 18 he's a prodigy we're going to talk about him more in the future he's going to make his pro debut hmm. it's been announced i'm not sure the exact date right now but he's going to be fighting eight times a year. His goal is to break the record set by Mike Tyson, who won the heavyweight, a version of the heavyweight championship, 20 years and four months old. So Moses yeah. wants to break that record. And he hmm. sparred with, he sparred with uh, Joe Joyce and uh, he sparred apparently with Tyson Fury. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but he's done big time sparring and he's yeah. never been out of his depth, apparently. Yeah, that's, so that's 18, geez. 18. So he's going to, and he's skipping the Olympics. He's not doing the Olympics. I think that's sort of a, a preview of the future. I think, frankly, when it comes to uh, big time sports, especially right. ones like boxing, the Olympics almost start to fade into the background. They become less important. And with the, the heavyweight division having the kind of potential it does, the Olympics, it's nice to see gold medals. But if you're heading for the top of the heavyweight division, there are yeah. bigger mountains to climb. So yeah. that's the way Moses Atuma is looking at this. He yeah. has signed with Frank Warren. And again, that is a power shift in the British market because Eddie Hearn over the last few years has enjoyed um, 
the position of number one. I'm not saying who is or isn't number one, but for Frank Warren to close this deal, for Frank Warren to have Daniel Dubois, which again, he's flawed, but he still has yeah. that WBA regular title mm-hmm. and a name and obviously the undisputed, uh, the lineal and the WBC champion Tyson Fury. Uh, yeah. Frank Warren's well connected to Alexander Usyk, um, and of course he's got the WBO interim heavyweight champion Joe Joyce. So Frank Warren yeah. is positioning himself to be the man at heavyweight, and um, yeah. and, I, and you can't say anything about it. It looks like Eddie Hearn is more interested in other things. The heavyweight division outside of Anthony Joshua for him appears to be an afterthought. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's my yeah, so that's what happened. So, uh, okay, we've got, um, uh, of course, you probably heard that uh, the fight between Manuel Char and Lucas Brown never happened. Uh, never happened. The promoter skipped and yeah. was not to be found. The backers, who knows, the two fighters and much of the entourage and undercard were stranded in Dubai. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Char went back home pretty promptly. Uh, Lucas Brown, I think, drove a doom buggy around or something for a little <laughs> while, even though he... He was despondent at the lack of uh, earnings that he yeah. wanted for the holiday season. So we wish yeah. these guys all the best. But interestingly enough, Manuel Char went back to Germany, got a fight within a couple yeah. of days, and knocked out uh, Nuri Safari in the, um, I believe, it was in the second round. Um, yeah. Who was a, is it, um, is that? Is that a, is that sort of thing a common occurrence? Very rare. Uh, very very rare. rare. Incredibly rare. But again, Manuel Char is, to be fair, living in a in a different universe. Um, it's not that he's a huge draw, but he's sort of positioned himself in the in a zone which is I don't know in terms of actuality it's in the 40s or 50s, but he's turned himself into a champion in recess because he held the WBA regular. Da, 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 da. Right, right, right. Who knows what he's going to do? Um, but he he did say something interesting, and I thought it was again his universal perception of things after his uh, quick fight in Germany, which was put together mm-hmm. by his promoter, A.L. Sayan. Char said, quote, a few days before the Brown fight, the fight was called off. I called my promoter, Errol Silan. He said, quote, get on the plane. I'll organize a fight for you here to finish off your hard training. This is obviously translated from German, so it might sound a little mm-hmm. awkward. Mm-hmm. So I flew back to Germany from Dubai. I didn't care who I boxed against. <clears throat> My preparation should not have been in vain, Char said. And then he said, I wish all boxing fans a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And to the haters, support the athletes more. They get into the ring for you and want to perform. If you are hated, that is not a promotion for the athletes and also not for the promoters. Due to the current situation and the general situation in Germany, German bro- boxing he means, The sponsors have turned off the tap, and there is hardly an event that is broadcast on TV. If you want boxing to stay alive, then support us, also on the outside. Don't know exactly what that means, um, but that is the uh, words of Manuel Char translated into English. Hmm. So, um, it's yeah, yeah, so that's pretty much it. So, we're looking forward to the weekend. Uh, We will expect lots more by the time we come on again. Let's see what happens this Saturday. Uh, Ryan? pleasure talking about the heavyweight division we are going to see what happens this weekend and we'll see what happens in the upcoming months thanks for for being here ryan thanks for joining us topheavyweights.com the podcast i'm sean rosen your host i'm here with ryan price the casual fan and we'll see you again bye-bye